Let's turn to the book of Jude, and I'll let you pick whichever chapter you want, amen? You just pick whichever chapter, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 20. Let's stand together. The book of Jude, verse number 20. It says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion making a difference, and others save with fear pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. As I began to study today, I was, uh, was thinking about all the things that happened in this church Sunday. And I was thinking about the message that the Lord has sent by our way. I was thinking all the things that's happened since Sunday. It's been an amazing chain of events that's going on in our country. It's amazing some of the phone calls that I received this week of some folks who actually went by their banks and found out that it was exactly the way they heard it was going to be. God's just amazing. And His timing is perfect. As I was thinking on all the things that happened here Sunday, I was praying and the Lord dealt with me about this message. A message that I pray will stir our hearts again. A message that I pray will convict us and help us to see where we are. Uh, A message that will make us realize how important that you and I, here's the title, build up yourselves, building up yourselves. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you so much that you love us. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God that is right on time, all the time. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, Lord, in this church, for the souls that's been saved and the lives that's been changed. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, for uh, the service across the way, our children's service. God, there's young folks over there tonight who who need to be saved. And I pray that your spirit would draw them to a place of repentance. And they would trust you tonight as Savior and Lord. I pray that we hear the shouts from across the parking lot. The good things that you've done over there. We pray, Lord, for this service tonight. That you would so speak to us through your word. That you would change us. You'd, you'd help our minds to be sober. You'd help us to think right. You'd help us to see what we need to see in your word. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you for being here. Building up yourselves. It's amazing that the book of Jude uh, ends with these five verses. Considering what the first 19 verses are dealing with. The first 19 verses in the book of Jude is, is uh, it's serious, it's, it's in your face, it's, it's real. 
And the reason that you and I need to build up ourselves is because the reason is real. You say, what is the reason? What is so real about the reason of building up yourself? Well, the Lord began to help me and I studied today and I pray it will help you. The reason that is so real and so serious for you and I to build up ourselves is because it started in the very first generation of Christians. It started then. You say, well, what started? It started in 2 Timothy verse 4 and verse number 10 with a man by the name of Demas. Because the Bible teaches us that Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. It's amazing to me from the very beginning how people begin to walk away from the things of God. How people would at one time live for the Lord, but then they would turn their back away and walk away from God. It's amazing how that happens. When we get to the book of Jude, in Jude verse number 3, Jude tells us, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation... It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Jude is saying that we need to earnestly contend for the faith. That means to fight for it. To fight for the faith. It also gives the idea of this, don't buckle. Don't buckle your knees. Don't Don't get weary and don't walk away from the things of God. Don't get this far into your Christian journey and then say, I've had enough and turn and walk away. Don't do that. He's saying to earnestly contend for the faith. It's a struggle. Every day to live a Christian life is a struggle. If someone tells you it is not a struggle, they're lying to you. Because to live and to be what the Lord would have us to be is a struggle. It's a battle. But, but he says here in the book of Jude, he says, he says, earnestly contend for the faith. In 1937, in our country, 73% of the population in the United States of America attended a church. It was a member of a church. 1937, 73%. I want you to notice the timelines here. From 1937 to 1980, all of those years later, they were still 70% of the United States of America that attended church services and was faithful to the house of God. Then we get to the year 2000. It drops off, but it just drops off to 65%. Then in 2010, it drops to 59. And then in 2020, it drops to 50. From 1980, which was 70% of of the U.S. attended church regularly, now in 2020, only 50% of the people attend church. Only 50%. Something's going on. What is it that's going on? Why is it that people is turning and walking away from the things of God? Can anyone explain that? Does anyone know why? Yeah, the Bible tells us why. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
to be not soon shaken or to be troubled. He says the day of Christ is at hand. He said, but that day shall not come except there come first a falling away. He said, that day shall not come until they come first a falling away. Can I say to you, my prayer and your prayer should be every single day, Lord, send revival, amen? Send revival, send revival to my soul, send revival to our church, send revival to to our communities, and Lord, send revival to our nation. But the truth of the matter is, child of God, the closer you and I get to Jesus Christ taking the church home, the worse it's going to get. The more and more that we will see that people are going to fall away from the things of God. Now when you study that word falling away, it's an interesting verse. It's an interesting word. That word falling away there means apostasy. Apostasy. And I looked that up and it's an, it's, it's a, it's an abandonment of what one has professed. It's a total desertion. It's, it's the person who departs from one's faith. It's, it's a person who at one time professed with their mouth that they was a Christian, but now they totally have, have deserted it. They've totally went away from it. As I begin to study about apostasy today, it's not the same as someone who claims to be an atheist who says that I believe absolutely nothing. It's those who claims, who has said at one time that they followed Christ. They have said that they have followed Christ. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and Acts 21, 21, from the best that I could study, both of those verses use the word apostasy. But in Acts 21, 21, it's different. It says, it says that they have forsaken Moses. It says that they have turned from the truth. They have apostasy in their life. When I begin to study about this, you must ask the question, if someone falls away from the faith, if someone, if that word means apostasy, then we have to ask ourselves this question. Is that person who has fallen away, was they ever truly born again? That's the question. If that person who has fallen away, was they truly ever born again? Was there truly ever salvation? Because the Bible teaches us in the book of John that when you and I get saved, that we are in, we're in the Lord's hands. And the Lord's hands in the Father's hands. And the Bible teaches us that when we truly get born again, there is nothing or no one that can pluck us out of the Father's hands. Amen? And then the Bible goes on in Philippians 1.6 and teaches us the work that Christ has done in us, He will continue that work. He's not going to stop the work in a true born-again believer. If that makes sense, say amen. Then the Scripture teaches us. This is real serious. We need to hear this. There's a lot of people in the day that you and I live in and it's down through the years who says with their mouth that they're followers of Christ but their life does not back it up. 
It's one thing to say it, it's another thing to live it. And I believe what the Bible is teaching us tonight, and we need to see this, I believe clearly, the Bible is teaching us in 2 Timothy 3, 5, there are people that's going to have a form of godliness. There's, you know what the form of godliness means? It means they're going to have an appearance of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And I truly believe as we get closer to the church being raptured, and I'll go on record to say this, I have no idea what we will have to face before that day happens, but I do know this, those who live godly shall Those who live godly shall suffer persecution. I don't believe it's going to be a bed of roses before we leave out of here. I believe, church, there's going to be some hard things that we're going to have to face and endure as believers here in America. Do you believe that tonight? I do. And I truly believe as those days get harder and as those days get darker, there will be lots of people who's going to turn and walk away. They will turn and they will walk away. They're not going to turn and walk away from salvation. I just don't believe they've ever had salvation. But it will not, it will not, it will not be hard to see. The closer we get to the end, they shall be a great falling away. That's serious business. Even in 2 Timothy 3, it gives us verse 7. It says, it says, even they never come to the knowledge of the truth. It's not that one time they knew the truth, but now they reject the truth. It's that they never even come to the knowledge of the truth. Their, their hearts is darkened. Their, their, their conscience is seared. Apostasy. Listen to 1 John 2, 18 and 19. You have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. In other words, what 1 John 2, 18 and 19 is saying There's a lot of people who might say something, but if they was truly born again, they would still be living for Jesus. But they've went away and they've walked away and their their life is made manifest. In other words, it is apparent. It is obvious. It is screaming from the rooftops who you really are and who you're really not. It's serious, ain't it? It's serious. Wow. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 and 2, it says, In latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing and doctrines of devils, seducing spirits and doctrines of devil. That seducing there means, it means a misleader and it means an imposter. And that doctrines of devils means the teaching of devils. Let's be reminded, child of God, that the closer, listen please, the closer we get to the coming of Christ, and the closer we get to this thing winding up, we're going to see a large, I believe, a large number of people. It's not about that they're going to quit coming to church. It's about they're going to quit even saying that they believe even in Jesus. Are you hearing me? They're just going to say, no, I don't believe that anymore. No, I... 
I just don't. I don't believe that's the way it is anymore. No, I don't believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No, I don't believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. No, I don't believe in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. Listen, I feel like that the Lord is trying to get our attention once again tonight. And I want you and I to really start listening to the things that we see and the things that we hear. And I want you and I to really start paying attention on what's being circulated in in, in the media and what's being circulated on the internet. And I want you to start noticing, especially here in the next couple of months or in the next year or so, I want you to start noticing what people will begin to say out of their mouths. It's going to shock us. It's going to shock us, church. We're going to say, oh, I thought. Oh, wow, I thought. Oh, wow, I thought. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4, because their conscience is seared. I'm I'm leading up to the scriptures that I'm going to preach on in the book of Jude, but until, listen, until you and I, until you and I see the seriousness of the day we're living in, we will not see the seriousness of what God's laid on my heart to preach. And sometimes we got to hear the bad so that we'll realize we're going to have to start doing good. <laughs> Are you with me? I don't want to get up here and preach and, and everybody leave out of here on a Wednesday night going, oh, no, man, that was a tough message. But we have to understand we, where we are at in life. We've got to understand what's going on in our country. We've got to understand what's going on in people's lives. And when we can get a small little glimpse of what's going on around us and in people's lives, it ought to, it ought to get us to where we're fixing to get to in the Scriptures. So stay with me just for a few more minutes. Luke 8. If you study Luke 8, Jesus tells a story about a sower who went out to sow. You know what he says in Luke 8, verse number 12? He said, the devil comes and he takes the word out of their heart lest they should believe and be saved. Can you believe that? Can you believe that someone could be preaching the word of God? Can you believe that the seed could be sown? And while that seed, while that word is fixing to enter into someone's heart... Can you believe that that, that the devil can come and snatch that seed away? Can can, can rip it out? Can, can, Can distract? Can discourage? Can cause that person who was that close to be born again? Can you believe that the devil can come and pull that seed away? Lest they would have been saved. So we need to see the seriousness of the hour. We need to see the seriousness of the hour. Verse 13. It says, for a while they believed, but when the temptation came, you know what they did? They fell away. Verse 14, it says, some was choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. Child of God, I would never try to get you to doubt what Jesus has done in your soul. But I'm going to tell you something. If you don't know that you know that you know that you know that you're born again, you better get saved tonight. You need to examine yourself. You need to examine yourself, and you need to make sure that you're in the faith. Amen? 
This ain't no game, child of God. This is serious business. There are a lot of people that says one thing with their mouth, but their heart is so far away from Jesus Christ. It don't matter what we say. A lot of people can say a lot of things. I'm telling you, we better know that we're born again and headed to heaven and Jesus Christ is our Savior. We better know that. There's a lot of people that says one thing and they ain't a bit more saved than nothing. And the Bible's teaching us that tonight as we're studying this. It will be a great falling away of apostasy. That means, look, you know, we, I preached that verse before and say, yeah, there'll be a lot of people quit going to church. Hey, this is deeper than just coming to a church service. This is those people at one time said, oh, yeah, I'm a believer. But then all of a sudden, things begin to happen. They say, no, I never knew him. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not no Christian. I thought one time you was. No, I never was. I'm not no Christian. Woo. Apostasy. They're going to be a falling away. Boy, don't that make that scripture come alive when he says, I'm going to separate the sheep and the goats? Well, that makes that come alive, don't it? Don't it make it come alive when he says there'll be a time of separating between the wheat and the tares? Boy, this is making all of that come alive. Right here at what we're looking at tonight. There'll be that separation time. Look with me in Jude chapter number, I always want to say a chapter. Look in Jude chapter and look at verse number four. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were four of old ordained in this condemnation, ungodly men, turned the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse number seven. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Look at verse number 11. Woe unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain and says they are ran greedy after the area of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. Look at verses number 17, 18, and 19, and then we'll get into the message. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the, what's that last word? Having not the Spirit. It didn't say that they didn't have a spirit. It said they had not the spirit with a capital S. And when we see a capital S in our King James Bible, it always represents who? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. He said they separate themselves, they're sensual, and they're ha- they have not the spirit. The spirit of God does not live in them. When you and I realize that, then we realize the rest of the book of Jude and how important it is. I want to point out something here in verse number 20. I want you to notice, build up, notice the word yourselves. I want to point out in verse number 20 the word your. I want to point out the the words in verse 21, keep yourselves. 
I want to point out in verse number 20, 24, keep you and present you. Listen. I'm going to say this the best way I know how to say it. I think it is very important. I believe it is very important that you and I be to church, be at church on a Sunday morning service. I believe that is very important that we're here on the Lord's day. I believe it's very important that we be in, in the house of God on a Sunday night on the Lord's day. I believe it's very important. Some people says, ah, people back Bible days never went to church on Wednesday. I'm going to tell you what, I don't know what you think about a Wednesday night service. Evidently, you must like it because you're here. But I want to say this, you and I, we need to be here on Wednesday nights. But I'm going to go ahead and say this, Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesdays, prayer time, special meetings, Anything else that this church has going on, if you can be here, be here. But I want to go ahead and say this. Even if you come to every single service, every time the doors are open, the closer we get to the coming of Christ, listen to me, it will still not be enough. It will still not be enough. You've come here tonight hoping, praying, that God has given me a word that I can give to you to help you to get through this day. But you know what, tomorrow, you're going to have to do something for yourself. Listen, Thursday, you're going to have to do something for yourself. Friday, we're going to have to do something for ourselves. Saturday, we got to do something for ourselves. And then Sunday, prayerfully, if I've done what I needed to do and God gives me what I need to hear, then when we come back Sunday, then we'll try to feed you from the Word of God on what God gives me to give you. Sunday night, we'll do the same thing. But Monday morning, listen please, child of God, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the darker it's going to get. You're going to have to do some things for yourself. You're going to have to. You're just not going to be able to make. Listen. We can come every time the doors are open. But the closer we're going to get to the coming of the Lord. And the darker it gets. And the horn of the devil's going to fight. And them false prophets. And the antichrist is already. He said there's been many antichrists. They're everywhere you look. False teachers and false prophets. You better know for yourself. You better get in there yourself and dig. Are you hearing me, child of God? Oh, I do pretty good just coming on Sundays. Some of it's even when you're here, you don't really listen. (laughs) Amen. I mean, you're here, but you ain't really here. I mean, you're here. I think some of us, sometimes we come because it's just a tradition. That's all you've done for, for so many long in your life. Hey, listen, we had better start getting some things for ourselves. God's trying to give us something tonight. And I pray that you get it tonight. I pray that I get it tonight. When I first got saved, reading my Bible was easy. Praying was easy. 
When I first started preaching, reading my Bible and praying was easy. But you know what? I have noticed just, Brother Jason, just in the last year or two, it's not easy anymore. It's not easy anymore. It is starting to become the hardest thing that I do all week. Why is that? Oh, you just distracted. Mom's sick. No. No. I've never seen so many distractions. And I've never set my mind to do something and without fail, it almost seems like 80 to 90% of the time, it's almost a battle. It's, it's becoming a battle just to read my Bible and to pray. Well, you know, you're getting a little older, maybe getting a little distracted. No. No, we're getting closer to the end, church. We are getting, we are getting, oh, people's been saying that their whole lives, Preacher Keith. Listen, we ain't never seen what we're seeing now. Church, child of God, this thing is ramping up. It's on steroids. You're going to have to do something for yourself. I'm going to try my best to feed you. I'm going to try my best to encourage you. I'm going to try my best to pray for you. And I'm going to try my best to love on you. But Thursday's coming. Verses 20 and 21. Now that we see how serious this thing is, look at verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Those words building up means to build upon. That word building up there means that you're responsible. You're responsible. That word building up yourselves means you have to put forth the effort. You have to put forth the effort. You're responsible for building. You're responsible to to continue to grow. And I begin to study about this building up yourselves. The only way that you can build, and it goes on to say your most holy faith, the only way that, that we can build is we must have a strong foundation. Amen? And our strong foundation, our foundation is our most holy faith. Our foundation is centered only around Christ and Christ alone. The work of the Holy Spirit. Every stone must be circled in every stone that we build upon our most holy faith, which is our our foundation, which is Christ. Every single stone that we lay on top of that foundation, it must circle around and be all about Christ. We must have our foundation in Jesus. What is our faith? Our faith is the truth of the Scriptures. Our, our, Our faith... 
our faith is not only the truth of the scriptures, but, but God and his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Our faith, our belief, where does it come from? It comes from the word of God. I cannot base faith on anything but the word of God. I can't put my faith in the world. I can't put my faith in you. You can't put your faith in me. We can definitely not put our faith in the world. You can't put your faith in psychiatrists. You can't put your faith in some help book that you can buy off a shelf. The only way that we can base anything by faith is the Word of God and the Word of God only. That's where we put our faith, in Jesus Christ and His Word. So that's simple, man. It is. We better get to building up ourselves. We need to get to building up ourselves. The Word of God is inspired word, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21. And, and the Word of God, our faith is holy. That means it's set apart, it's separate. It's not an opinion. Our faith is not in an opinion. Our faith is solid as a rock because it's on Jesus. Amen. We must keep building on what this Bible teaches. We need to read and pray and we need to pray and read. You need to read and pray and you need to pray and read. You need to read and pray and you need to pray and read. I could close the service right there and we should leave out of here saying, you know what I got to do tomorrow? I got to read and pray and I got to pray and read. You know what I got to do Friday? I got to read and pray and I got to pray and read. You know what I got to do Saturday? I got to read and pray and I got to pray and read. And when I get up on Sunday, I got to read and pray and pray and read. And Monday, I need to read and pray and pray and read because without that, this world's going to chew us up and spit us out. You remember back when you used to be able to come to church on Sunday and not do anything the rest of the week and your week was just like cruising, just roses, it was just simple? Is it that way for anyone anymore? Is anyone else, is, is that all, is, is it that way for anyone else? Because it's not that way for me. I was reading today about the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Did I say that right? Why don't it fall? It leans. Why don't it fall? I read this today. Because the center of gravity is still 10 feet within the base. The center of gravity is still 10 feet within the base. What are you saying? There's going to be times in life that we... We might lean this way, and we might fall this way, and we might fall this way, and we might lean this way. We've got to stay real close to the base. We've got to stay real close to the foundation. That thing's way out here, but the center of it, it's only 10 feet away. That's why it's never fallen. Got to stay real close to the foundation, child of God. I built a playhouse. I had some guys come by and help me and build a playhouse behind the house. Brother Zach come by, and when his dad was still alive, they come by and they built this playhouse behind the house. And they done good, you know. They worked. I, I couldn't have done it. I can't build a doghouse. I just can't. They built this nice playhouse and.
man, it looked good. And we put vinyl siding on it. And James Rice, I went by his house one day and he gave me shingles and I put shingles on it. And Doug Phillips gave me this beautiful big, it's just like these windows right here. I got a window like that in a playhouse. And I mean, it's a, it's a nice little playhouse. We, uh, Phil Kelly come by and wired it up for me and I can run a big old thick extension cord down there and I've got lights in there and a ceiling fan and, and we've done all of that work and built this playhouse and me and Abigail spent the night in it one night and we've not been in it since. <laughs> Isn't that the way it goes? Got to have a playhouse. I mean, build me a playhouse. Got to have this playhouse. Please build me this playhouse. Well, man, we built it. We spent one night in it. But you know what I noticed? We went to put up some, uh, put hardwood floors in it. It's got hardwood floors in it. <laughs> Tina, we might move back in that thing. <laughs> Sell our house. We'll move in the playhouse. We went to put up this, <laughs> uh, I can't remember what type of board it was, but it was, it was almost like paneling, but not quite. And we went to put that up, and when we was putting it in, Found out something really fast. The house looks really, really good, but it's just not exactly square. I mean, they've done a good job. I could not have done what they've done, but Steve, it's just not square. I mean, we're cutting pieces like, I mean, it was getting crazy. You know, it's not perfectly square, but you know, it's never failed. It's got a real good foundation under it. Might not be plumb, Bruce, but it ain't falling. You and I might not get everything right. And there's going to be some days we're going to really mess it up. And on our best days, we're still not really square, are we? But you know why we're not falling? Because our foundation is sure. Our foundation is sure. Hey, you sisters just all of a sudden started showing up on Sunday nights and Wednesdays and testifying in the choir. Jesus is doing something for you. Amen? Getting serious about the things of God. You're still not perfect. But remember this. You stay real close to the, to the foundation. Amen? Keep on keeping on for Jesus. Are you with me? Some things you got to do yourself. All right, let's move on. Not only does he say in verse number 20, but building up yourselves on your most hope. Uh, most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. But then he says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mysteries of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So not only building up yourselves, now he's saying keep yourselves. Keep yourselves. Wow. In the love of God. Hmm. How do you keep yourselves? Eye open. Open and always looking. Remember the Lord loves you. You know the Lord loves you tonight? Don't forget how much you love him. Whatever you do, do not let it slip. Don't let it slip. And whatever you do, if if you study these words, keep yourselves, 
It says, basically, don't let yourselves grow cold on the Lord. Don't let yourself grow cold on the Lord. Don't let yourself grow cold on the Lord. If you feel yourself start getting a little bit cold on God, mm -mm, keep yourself. Get back over there and say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not letting that happen. I'm not letting this happen. We went down, Brother Larry drove a couple hours to hear this man preached, and he was preaching on that man that was cutting that tree, and the axe head fell off of his axe. He said that man had lost his edge. And he said he went to the man of God and he said, hey, he said, I lost my edge. I've lost my edge. I've lost my cutting edge. All I have is the handle. And he he asked him, he said, he said, take me to where you lost it. And he took him to that pool of water and he said, right here is where I lost my cutting edge. You remember they got got the sap one, he stuck it down in the water and the, the axe head swam up. You remember that? And that man preached a powerful message. He said, don't lose your edge. Don't lose your cutting edge. And and, and wherever it is that you lost it, he said, that's right back where you need to go and find it again. If, If you've lost your edge, child of God, go back to where you lost your edge. And he said this in his message. He said, you remember when you sung in the choir and you had that edge? Don't sing up there no more. He said, get back in the choir. He said, remember when you was going to Sunday school and you, was, you had that edge? He said, but you've lost your edge. He said, go back, to, go back to Sunday school. You'll get your edge back. Remember when you'd wake up in the mornings and read your Bible? You quit reading your Bible, you've lost your edge. How do I get my edge back? You go back to where you lost it. You go back to where you lost your edge. It's right there. Part of your edge is right there. That's where it come off. It's right there. Are you with me? Keep yourselves. Child of God, don't lose the edge. You know when the edge is getting dull and you know when the axe head's about to fall off. You can take that stick and beat on that tree all day long. You ain't going to get nothing done. You got to have your edge back. I've lost my edge. Oh, he said this, Brother Larry. The preacher, the man of God, took him to where he lost his edge. This is good preaching right here, Don. I wish I'd have come up with this message. Jesus would have given it to me, but I'm still preaching it anyway. Amen? He said, he said the axe head flew off, went down into the water. The man of God took him. He said, right here's where it flew off at. He stuck that stick down in there. The axe head floated to the top of the water. He said, but you know what he had to do? He had to reach in and get it. If you've lost your edge, go back to where you lost it and reach back in there and get it. That'll preach, won't it? Man, I might just preach that Sunday and I didn't even come up with it. That's good preaching right there. That pastor's name was Ricky Gravely. 